This is Olive and Natalia, and we're going to be telling you about two love stories today and also about two Supreme Court cases. We're also going to have a visit from a special guest about halfway through, so you have that to look forward to. One of them was against the Equal Protection Clause and the other against the Due Process Clause. Which are... No state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws. Basically, states cannot make laws that take away or deny a right that a citizen has related to life, liberty, or property. Very reasonable. Yes, very. The first one we'll be talking about is Loving versus Virginia. So, without further ado, let's get started. Washington, D.C. and returned to Virginia after their marriage to their home. Like anyone else would do after their marriage, right? Exactly. The night after, then was proven guilty and sent to jail for one year. What? I know. They agreed not to return to Virginia for 25 years instead of doing the rest of their jail time. Makes sense. Who would want to spend that much time in jail? About halfway through their banishment time, Millred wanted to return to Virginia. Their case was brought to the Supreme Court and they won, so they were allowed to return to Virginia earlier than they were originally expected. Yay! The Supreme Court decided six to three. The Chief Justice Warren said that the right to marry whoever he wanted was resided in the individual and cannot be changed by the state. This is also one of the first cases to be won on the topic of the Equal Protection Clause in the 14th Amendment. Oh, interesting. Right? Next, we will have Overfeld versus Hodges case. Alright, here we are. In 2015, 14 groups of same-sex couples challenged the states for constitutionality of no same-sex marriages in Ohio, Michigan, and Kentucky. 2015? That's way too recent for my life. I agree. All the cases up to the 6th Circuit said yes, but the 6th Circuit of Court Appeals disagreed, bringing it to the Supreme Court. Couples won with a 4-5 to five majority. Oh, that's quite close. I know. Justice Kennedy delivered the opinion of the Supreme Court. He explained that yes, it is perfectly fine to marry the same sex, and that any law otherwise is going against the 14th Amendment. The Supreme Court believed otherwise, it would be against the Due Process Clause and fundamental liberty. Justice Scalia, on the other hand, thought tradition should not be changed, and he believes that public debate should be continued about this because the ratification in 1868 would have mentioned same-sex marriages if it was allowed. Chief Justice Roberts says the Constitution doesn't address it, therefore he believes it's up to the states. Chief Justice Roberts also thought the Supreme Court is using legislative powers instead of judicial power, meaning it wasn't their decision to make. Yeah, all that suspense and then having it be so close even though they won. Yeah, that must have been really hard for them. Yeah. Now we have our special guest, KB, one of our amazing art teachers at Waring, here to talk 
us about her thoughts on Hello. Hello, KV. Hello, Olive. Hello, Natalia. Okay. Um, how are you? Fine. And how are you? Pretty good. Um, we just wanted to thank you for joining us today. Of course. Um, what is the definition of marriage to you? That's a really interesting question. And I think... There are so many ways that that could be answered. My goodness. I mean, it's a personal connection, right? But it's also has a lot of legal ramifications as well as societal and optics implications, which is, I think, you know, why it was legislated, right? So, I mean, there are tax implications for people who are not married and in long-term partnerships. So before gay marriage was legalized, um, same-sex couples didn't have access to the same rights as non-same-sex couples, right, in terms of tax breaks and other things. But I also think what's most important above and beyond even those kinds of logistics are the fact that if Sarah, my, my spouse, and I only had access to domestic partnerships, we might have a few of the same legal protections. But on some level, we would still be seen as lesser than if we were not allowed full marriage in terms of society, right? I mean, that's kind of like a second class option is the domestic partnership, which existed in many states before it was accepted at a, at a federal level. So to me, that's probably the most important thing, that it's just we have the same rights as everybody else, which is how it should be. Because Massachusetts legalized gay marriage in, what, 2003 or something, like a long time ago. And I do remember thinking, I didn't live in the state then, but I do remember thinking, oh, what's really profound about that is that people growing up in Massachusetts, knowing that anyone could get married, like there could be a time if one of you got married when you're older and you said, oh, I'm getting married, someone would, might, might ask, oh, are you marrying a man or a woman? And that's like, creates acceptance for everybody. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah, definitely. I mean, these, I mean, these laws dictate culture. So, you know, in the same way that you might ask now, if someone says, oh, I have a crush, you might say, oh, boy or girl. You know, the, the adult version of that is, oh, I'm getting married, oh, to a man or a woman, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What marriage means to me is also stability. You know, it's like a formalizing of a certain stability. And I think that's also important for everybody to have access to. Yeah. And yeah. what does it mean to be married, do you think? Well, I mean, I think it does convey a certain amount of stability and commitment. I don't think marriage, I don't think people need to have marriage to feel stable and to be committed. I think it's a nice, it's a nice way to formalize that. I also, for me, it felt really important to do because if I were to get sick, I would want Sarah to be able to visit me in the hospital. Um, if something catastrophic were to happen, I would want her to have certain things that I have or access to certain things that I have. So, you know, from a logistical standpoint, that part is really important. Um, so part of it is emotional and part of it is just legal and logistical. 
Mm-hmm. But but I also think it's important to note that marriage isn't for everybody. You know, there I know plenty of people who are in long-term partnerships who don't feel the need to be married. And that's important to recognize too. It shouldn't be the gold standard for everybody, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it is important that everyone get to have a choice. Um, and last but not least, what does marriage equality mean to you? It means that I get to be a full human being in the eyes of the law. I mean, that's kind of begins and ends there for me. I mean, I would feel lesser than if I didn't have access to it. And for a long time, I didn't want to get married. I had no interest in it. But then there was a certain point where I thought, oh, I think it's important to have the protections in place. You know, as I said, God forbid, should something terrible happen to me or to Sarah, I would want all the protections that marriage affords me. Because I think all of these things should be about protecting everybody. You know, that's why laws exist. It doesn't mean we necessarily have to agree with every law, right? But everyone should get to have access to the same things. We shouldn't live in a world where different people have access to different things. Should be all the same. Yeah, you should have a choice. Yes, absolutely. Choice is good. Well, that was it. All right. Well, Um, nice to hear your voices. Yeah, nice to hear from you too. Okay, bye. two different love stories and how they've shaped how people are respected today.